Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. Now, we've been talking about Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 18. We are for signs and wonders. Everybody say, I'm for signs and wonders. Say it 10 times louder, I'm for signs and wonders. What are you for? What do you believe? Are you for reproach? Are you for shame? What will you display? What will you declare? Yeah, we are for signs and wonders. But we can't talk about the supernatural without talking about the anointing. We can't even really talk about Jesus without talking about the anointing. Because Jesus Christ, or Jesus the Christ, means Jesus the anointed one. He is the anointed one. He wants us to carry the anointing. That the anointing is the enabling of the Holy Spirit that imparts God's divinity and power. What it is? It is the enabling of the Holy Spirit that imparts God's divinity. A slice of His divinity is deposited into you. His divinity comes into your personality. His divinity comes into your human makeup. And then He imparts His supernatural power So it is the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. It is the burden-removing, yoke-breaking power of God. Now, it gives us the ability to do supernatural feats. Now, it's totally supernatural, not at a human level. So ordinary men and women begin to do extraordinary, mighty, mighty exploits. And you got to come to terms with that. And you got to be comfortable with that. Some of you have grown up in in church for a long time. And perhaps you have come from other churches. And perhaps you didn't grow up with a Christianity that is supernatural. It's just very cerebral. It's just about concepts and ideas and, and nice words. But the kingdom of God is not in words, but it's in power. Yeah? Catherine Kuhlman, the woman who shook the world with divine healing in the 1960s and 70s, she once said this, If you find the power of God, you have found heaven's treasure. If you find the power of God, you can find it. You have found heaven's treasure. If you can find the power of God, you have found heaven's treasure. Why have you found? Heaven's treasure. Now, why would people go for treasures? Because a treasure is not only precious, it makes the possessor of it precious. That's why you have treasure hunters. People are willing to spend money to buy treasures because it makes them special. It makes them precious. If the anointing is heaven's treasure, when a person finds it, he or she becomes precious to God and to God's kingdom. Now, Isaiah 55 and verse 1, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. God is asking us to buy wine and milk. But He's talking about spiritual milk. He's talking about supernatural wine. How do you know you can't buy it with money? They don't have an earthly price. In other words, they are priceless. Now, what do you mean when you say something is priceless? Something is priceless means they are so special, their values cannot be determined. 
So the milk is his word, the revelation of the word of God. His wine is the anointing of the spirit. Now, look at verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages, that is your salary, for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. The anointing satisfies. The anointing fulfills. Once a person encounters the anointing, all his or her frustrations will come to an end. The moment you experience the anointing of God, you'll never be frustrated ever again. The moment you taste of the heaven's treasure, you will be satisfied. Now, let me tell you this. The difference between a Christian who is anointed and one who is not anointed is like driving a car and pushing a car. That's the difference, right? Now, a car can be laden with uh, luggage, baggage, a lot of loads of life, and sometimes there are necessary things, and you want to get from point A to point B. Now, the journey can be heavy and laborious, or it can be easy and light. It depends on whether the car has fuel or not. Does the car has gas? Does it have oil? If the car runs out of fuel, you have to push. Or you'll be grounded. Right? I mean, if, if, if you're driving, suddenly there's no gas. One time I was with Pastor Derek and I told him, I told him, I said, Derek, got to gas up the car, gas up the car. He said, Pastor, don't worry. We went up the bridge and the car stopped. No gas. We end up pushing the car all the way down to the other end of the bridge. That was a long time ago. Now, even if you're a world champion in weightlifting, when you are pushing a car, you know, you will never be faster than a little motorcyclist. You could be a gold medal Olympic champion in weightlifting, super strong, human strength. But you're pushing a car, a skinny, scrawny motorcyclist will go even faster than you. Because you're moving at a different level. You have no fuel. He has fuel. You see, friends, then it's the difference the anointing makes. One is moving purely on a human intelligence, human power, human might, experience, connection, education, qualification, strategizing. The other one is moving on a divine anointing level. That is the difference. When the anointing came upon Elijah, he outran Ahab. Look at 1 Kings 18 and verse 46. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Now that was a distance of 27 kilometers. That is like, you know, going from Suntech Convention Center all the way to our Jurong West campus at, on Street 91. Can you imagine? He's able to outrun the king who is on the chariot because he's moving at a supernatural, superhuman level. Look what happened when the anointing came upon Samson. It says in Judges 14 verse 19, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. In what? Power. Everybody say power. Power. He went down to Eshkelon and struck down 30 of their men. You see, with the anointing, ordinary people 
began to do extraordinary things. What happened when the anointing came upon Jesus? Now, those of you in the marketplace, you're going to like this. Luke 4 verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of Him went out through all the surrounding region. News of Jesus went out through all the surrounding region. The anointing gives you identity. Now, for 30 years, Jesus was here on earth, and nobody even remembered His name. They call Him the carpenter's son. The son of the carpenter. They are not even really sure of the father's name. He was just a nameless, faceless guy in a community. But the moment the anointing comes, boom, all of a sudden, you know what? He came out of his hiding place. Everybody knew who he was, and God the Father made him known to the entire world. Today, there are 7 billion people here on this planet. All it takes is a supernatural push to take you all the way to the top so that you'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Now, you see, the anointing comes, boom, you are the light of the world. You are the city set on the hill that cannot be hidden. How do you think that happens? Now, there are three ways that could happen. That could happen, number one, you spend a lot of money in marketing firm and PR to make you popular, make your products popular. Number two, you could spend money on that, make it popular. But there is a better way. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You see, you become a leader in the marketplace. You become a captain of your industry. The anointing will never go unannounced. It will never go unannounced. The anointing will cause you to be announced to everybody fine white. Now, an anointed businessman an anointed businesswoman will automatically be announced because of the supernatural charisma. You carry something. You walk into a board meeting. You walk into a room. You walk into a deal and they feel something about you. It is the anointing that distinguishes one Christian from the other. And the most prominent people in the world, they will be compelled to take notice of you. They will be compelled to sit up. When you speak, when you present, even those who dislike you have to take notice of you. <laughs> they cannot ignore you. True for those in the marketplace, true for those in ministry. Even if you are like the apostles, you are not as educated, you are not as qualified, certified, experienced as others think you should be. Ah, uh, you don't have the qualification. You don't have MBA. Which university you come from? Ah, uh, just a local university. You know, I mean, people can, can look at us in this way. But when the anointing comes, it, it changes everything. Amy Sample McPherson only had a high school diploma. High school certificate is like somebody going through just A-levels, just A-levels, right? Amy Sample McPherson. She was married at 18 years old, started preaching. Now, you must remember she lived at the turn of the last century. She lived at a time where women had no right to vote. And we're talking about America. I mean, today is impossible. I mean, we all have equal rights. What do you mean? <laughs> you don't have a right to vote. But that was the generation she was living in. You could imagine as a lady preacher, who would want to listen to you? But when the anointing came, boom, 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 
signs and wonders and miracles begin to happen. Now, it was reported of her ministry. I want to read you a quote that I got it from the internet. It says, The healings present a monstrous obstacle to scientific historiography. That means the body of study. If events transpired as newspaper letters and testimonials say they did, then Amy Sample McPherson's healing ministry was miraculous. The documentation is overwhelming. Very sick people came to Sister Amy by the tens of thousands, tens of thousands, blind, deaf, paralyzed. Many were healed, some temporarily, some forever. She would point to heaven to Christ, the great healer, and take no credit for the results. Here was a young lady, not highly educated in terms of tertiary education. Living in a time nobody respected a woman, yet it was documented of the tens of thousands of healings. More than that, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it gives you identity, right? It brings the announcement, right? It created for her a place of prominence where people would want to come and be her friend and listen to her. She became personal friends of President Franklin Roosevelt and many of his cabinet ministers. Many of the greatest Hollywood actors, actresses, producers, directors of that generation were members of her church. Charlie Chaplin went to her service. You know, Academy Award winner Anthony Quinn, Lawrence of uh, Arabia, was a disciple, played in the church band. You see, friends, in her lifetime, Amy Sample McPherson built the largest church in America. She composed 175 songs and hymns, wrote 13 dramas and several operas, graduated 8,000 students from her life Bible college where she taught, helped 1.5 million people through their hardships during the Great Depression, and planted 60,000 churches in 133 countries through her denomination that she started. Who was she? Somebody that only had a high school certificate. Isn't that amazing? But that is what the anointing does. Now, I'm talking to a crowd that not only has tertiary education, many of you have master's degrees, you have PhDs. If an 18-year-old girl with high school certificate can do so much, how much more if you yield your mind and yield yourself to the anointing of God, you are going to do so much more for the glory of Jesus Christ. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Think about it. If Jesus, the Son of the living God, couldn't start His earthly ministry until He was anointed, how much more you and I? How much more you and I? How can we go on a single day without the anointing of God? Even if you have a vision or a dream or a sense of destiny from God, and many of you do because you grew up in this church, Ever since you were young, you have a destiny. You have a dream. You want to shine for God. You want to do great things. If you don't have the unction, you cannot reach your destination. If you don't have the anointing, 
even if your vision and dream is from God, whether is it in church, ministry, or in the marketplace, you'll never reach the destination without the unction. I want you to see what happens when the anointing comes. And today my main text is from 1 Samuel chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. And here's the story of Saul. Saul was a very shy man with a lot of emotional hang-ups. He has very, very low self-esteem. And he has very low confidence. Now, look at what happens when the anointing came. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1. Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? So here was Saul, a man with a lot of hang-ups, a man with a lot of fears and lack of confidence. The moment the anointing came, number one, the anointing ensures leadership. It establishes you as a leader. Now, people can give you a position of leadership, but you don't have the anointing, they will never respect you. Saul immediately became a leader. The anointing turns a captive into a captain. You become a captain of your industry. Now, whatever you decree, because you have the anointing, the devil and his demons, they have to obey because you have the anointing. That is why the anointing is more precious than silver or gold. Because it puts you in charge. It charges you to be in charge. That's what the anointing does. Now, look at verse 2. Samuel said to Saul, When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin and Zelza. And they will say to you, The donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Now, the moment the anointing came upon Saul, all his lost donkeys were recovered. The same day. The same day. Let's believe whatever you have lost in your life, in your business, in your destiny, in your visions, your dreams, will be restored today. Your property, your relationships, whatever it may be. Because number two, the anointing recovers possession. So many people are running helter-skelter from pillar to post, sweating and struggling just to secure contracts, just to get deals. Listen, the anointing will bring all your toils to an end. The moment you receive it, that same day, he recovered it all. One of our church's businessmen was sharing this with me last week. The year 2008 was a very difficult year for everybody. It's a global financial crisis. He was presented with an opportunity because the Fullerton Hotel by the Bay along Shenton Way, just a few minutes from here, they were looking for materials for their building project. So our church member went and tended for this. But the main contractor felt, well, I don't want to take it from him because his product was a very high-end, good quality they want to make it a little cheaper. They want to cut down the cost, have a more inferior quality. So the main contractor said, no, we're not going to accept this. So he lost the contract. But our member really felt God wanted him to get this contract. God really wanted him to have this. So he kept on praying, praying, praying. 
A few weeks later, within the same month, a few weeks later, he got a phone call from Far East Sino Land, the main developer of the Fullerton by the Bay. They say, we want to talk to you. When he went for the meeting, he felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he knew in his heart, God is going to make this happen. A miracle is going to happen in that meeting. He went in and talked. And by the end of that meeting, the main developer, Far East Sino Land, overturned the main contractor's earlier decision and said, I'm going to give you the deal. You have just won the tender. You have won the contract. Oh, come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Throughout those few weeks, our member didn't worry. Our member didn't stress because he knew the anointing would recover whatever he had lost. You see, the Fullerton Bay Hotel became a launching pad for his company. It was his biggest contract up to that point and launched him into a regional business. Soon, the Mulia Resort in Bali, one of the largest hotels in the world, came to him and said, we want your product for our hotel. And he got that contract. You see, that is what the anointing does. It recovers your possession. It brings you to the top, gives you an identity. Number three, the anointing compels progress. It compels progress. Look at verse three. Samuel said to Saul, you shall go forward from there. You shall go forward. The anointing is for supernatural progress. Supernatural progress. Unexplainable progress. You are going to progress by the divine hand of God. God is going to make it happen. He'll open doors that no devil can shut. You see, when God moves, all your stagnation, all your frustration will come to an end. And I declare this morning, it's going to end today. All your stagnation. You know, there are people whose business, businesses were kept crawling for years and years and years. And they couldn't understand why. They are in the right location. They have a good quality product that should be in high demand. But nobody is patronizing them. You see, the moment the anointing came, and I heard it again and again and again. The moment the anointing came, the yoke of hindrance immediately broken. And boom, 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 the business begin to flourish. You see, the anointing stops stagnation and compels progress. I want to encourage those of you who are cell group leaders. You're very pastoral. You're very kind. you got a good voice. You're a clear uh, mental faculty. You plan a lot of events. You do this, you do that. You want to get everybody together. You have dinners together. But no matter what you do, your cell group couldn't grow. Because you know what? It is the anointing that you need. The moment the anointing comes, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. People north, south, east, and west, they are drawn and attracted to the anointing. And you're going to take off. So seek after heaven's treasure. Number four, the anointing restores dignity. Look at verse three. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, Samuel said to Saul. Verse 4, they will greet you. The King James Bible say, they will salute you. Now, God's anointing will supernaturally restore your dignity. They will salute you. Now, who was Saul? Saul was a fearful, have low self-esteem, 
a man with very little confidence, couldn't command respect. All of a sudden, the anointing came. People will salute him. Everywhere you're unwanted, they will send for you with honor. You won't have to beg or cheapen your calling, your ministry, just to get some kind of favor because you are called to be king and priest for the Most High God. Whatever that's tarnished you, that yoke will be broken by the anointing this morning. Receive it, believe it. Oh, come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Verse 4. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hand. Number five, the anointing attracts favor. People want to bless you. People want to give you contracts. People want to listen to what you got to say. Because the fragrance of Jesus oozing out of you makes you very attractive to people around. You see, God most people to treat you favorably, give you preferential treatment. Wherever your name is being mentioned, favor rings. Wherever you appear, you attract favor. You attract promotion. You attract business. People rush to do business with you because you have the favor. The anointing ensures unusual favor hitting you from every side. And this is my prayer as your senior pastor today, that you will be so anointed in this service that when you go back from tomorrow onwards, favor will hit you and all of a sudden, on every side, it's going to come from today. Not next year, from today. Look at verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. You'll be turned into another person. Number six, the anointing imparts divinity, which is what it is all about. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you will become another man. You will be turned to another woman. A slice of God's divinity, His nature, His power, is now deposited into you. So don't you ever say, I'm only human. Don't you ever accept that. I'm only human. What do you expect? I'm only human. You're more than that. You are a spiritual being living in human flesh. You are not a human being periodically for one, two hours a week trying to get a religious experience. You are a spirit being mastering the human experience. Now, the anointing imparts divinity. Now, look at verse 7. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. Number seven, the anointing makes you a sign and a wonder. What are you for? Signs and wonders. What are we for? Signs and wonders. Everyone will be amazed by the happenings in your life. They couldn't figure out. They couldn't figure out. Let me tell you, when people talk about City Harvest Church, yeah, you know, they couldn't figure out. What? You guys still have a church? You are still in Suntech? Ming was telling me the other day, you know, Pastor Ming, he met some of his colleagues. He said, where are you pastoring right now? City Harvest. What? You're still there? <laughs> they are amazed. They are amazed. You guys are still strong? You guys are still able to do this? 
You see, you are not just doing signs and wonders. You become a sign and a wonder. Wherever you go, you attract attention for God's kingdom. Now, you don't have to struggle to convince that Jesus is real. You know, without the anointing, you got to try to convince, uh, you got to explain evolution versus creation. You try, or oh, intelligent de- design. You try, nothing wrong with that. You try to go into apologetics, try, you struggle, 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 struggle. You know, the moment the anointing comes, you don't have to struggle to prove Jesus is real. When they talk to you, they know they're standing in the presence of a man of God. They know they're standing in the presence of a woman of God. Oh, hallelujah. Look at verse 11. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people say to one another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man from there answered and said, but who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb. It became a what? A proverb. A proverb. Everybody say proverb. Is Saul also among the prophets. So what does it mean? By his anointing, God elevates you. Check this out. He elevates you to a proverbial status. He elevates you to a proverbial status. Takes you all the way to the top. See, all these things will happen in one day. And it happened in one occasion. I believe it's going to be the same over here. Anything can happen this week, starting from this service right now. Don't wait until January to set your new resolution, hoping for the best, waiting in the premises for the promises from this service as you receive the anointing. Anything can happen from now. Come on, give God a big clap. Everybody... Turn to your neighbors in the left and right and say, expect the supernatural from today. <laughs> for Saul, there's one more thing the anointing did for him. Number eight, the anointing divinely protects. Now, it divinely protects. It puts you in a supernatural bubble of protection. Until God allows it, no devil can touch you. No demon from hell can put a finger near you. Many years later, Saul's heart was really messed up and he departed from the Lord. One night, Saul was soundly asleep. David and his PA, his assistant Abishai, was able to sneak into his tent. Abishai was very excited because Saul was asleep. His spear was by the side. He said, David, this is the time for you. This is your chance. You can kill your enemy. Now, Saul was an anointed man. David was also an anointed man. David knew what the anointing is. David said this, I can stretch my hands and touch him. If I do that, God is going to deal with me. He said, yeah, Saul messed up. We all know this. He is anointed of God. God will deal with his anointed one in his own way. If I stretch out to touch him, the judgment will come. I'm going to be punished. I'm going to get into a worse end. So he said, no, I'm not going to do it. Because the anointing puts you in a supernatural bubble of protection. Now, Psalms 89 verse 20, this is what the Bible says, I have found my servant David, 
with my holy oil, I have anointed him. So David was anointed. With whom my hand shall be established. Also my arm shall strengthen him. Now, notice, it is God's own strength that's going to empower you. It is God's own strength that's going to fight for you. Now, it says, The enemy shall not outwit him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. Absolute, absolute protection on your business, your ministry, your family, your life. The anointing provides a seal of immunity, a seal of protection. God says this in verse 23, I will beat down his foes before his face and plague those who hate him. Now, this is God himself. Whoever tries to attack you, your business, your marriage, your family, I will beat him down. Now, that is total, total deliverance and vindication for your life. God personally protects his anointed ones. Look at verse 24. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name his horn shall be exalted. Now, you read the Bible, a horn is a picture of power, of glory, of authority. That's what it is. Now, okay? Dominion. Your horn shall be exalted. Now, it's a, it's a Hebrew idiom. It means you are guaranteed victorious triumph. Your horn is exalted means prosperity will come your way. So the anointing makes you too strong to be defeated. You are too strong to be defeated. Psalms 105 verse 14. God permitted, He permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, He rebuked kings for their sake, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. So God is jealous over those He has anointed. He stands watch over Him, over her, over you, vigilant to guard you, alert to protect you. This is how He blessed those who bless you. He curses those who curse you. This is how He does, does it. Because of the anointing. All we need, all you need, is to come to the anointing and Satan and his demonic forces will stop harassing you from today. You just got to be anointed. You just got to be anointed. I cannot emphasize that more enough. You know, you just got to get the anointing. All of a sudden, all the demonic harassment will stop. It has to stop. That's how glorious the anointing is. Now, what I share with you today, it is number one, it establishes leadership. Number two, it recovers possession. Number three, it compels progress. Number four, it restores dignity. Number five, attracts favor. Number six, it imparts divinity. It turns you into a different person, like Jesus. Number seven, it makes you a sign and a wonder. Number eight, divinely protected. You have divine protection. You see, now all the Old Testament saints, they only have this in measure. They have the anointing coming upon them. Coming upon them. One-dimensional. Just coming upon. They don't have it inside. So it's coming upon, so it's temporary. So they have it, and then it goes away. They have it, it goes away. They have it, it goes away. So you read the Bible. The anointing came upon Elijah. The anointing came upon Saul. The anointing came upon David. The anointing came upon Samson. It came upon them 
it never went inside them. One dimensional. But because of Jesus, we have the anointing upon us and the anointing inside us. Because of Jesus, you and I have both today making us more powerful. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give God a big clap. Hallelujah. Look at what Jesus says, John 14. I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper and He may abide with you forever. John 14 verse 16, verse 17. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. Will be what? In you. Everybody say, the anointing will be in me. Say, the anointing will be in me. We are talking about permanent anointing in us. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Unusual insights into the deep things of God. Unusual insights into the invisible realm. Now, look at verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And it's true, and it's not a lie. Just as He has taught you, you will abide in Him. We are talking about revelational knowledge. We are talking about revelational understanding. We are talking about having heavenly wisdom, divine counsel. You become supernaturally smart. Now, the Old Testament saints, they only have one, one dimensional. We have both. We have the anointing of, of power upon us for signs and wonders. We have the anointing of wisdom inside us to know the deep things of God. Can you imagine if God gave us both? Both, not one. Can you imagine what God is planning for you and I in this generation? Unfathomable things. Can you imagine what God has prepared for you? Mind-blowing things. Mighty, mighty exploits for you and I to accomplish. That's why Jesus says, if only you can believe. The trouble is, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Or you want to stay on a purely human level. You can move in that level, but you'll always be a toil. There'll always be frustration. But you can get into the supernatural dimension. And when you get into the supernatural dimension, if you can believe it, Jesus Christ says, greater works will you do than me. Greater works. That means everything I have read in the gospel that Jesus did, I can do and even more. I can do and go beyond that. Everything He did, I can do greater because Jesus Christ has given me the anointing upon me and inside me. Come on, give the Lord a big clap. Let me say this. All of you in the ministry, every pastor in the front, you got to get anointed. Otherwise, our words are just words. The moment you're anointed, boom! When you speak, people sitting there, they get healed. You speak, people sitting there, demons leave. Cell group leaders, ministry leaders, listen. 
You got to get anointed. The moment you get anointed, you become a magnet. You become a growth power. People are attracted because there's power in that meeting. Have you, have you been to that meeting in that house? Have you heard about that place? People that have, I brought friends over there. Everyone that I brought, they receive healing. Their marriages are restored. Something in that place, the glory of God is there. You will attract people from everywhere. The moment the anointing comes, those of you in the marketplace, the moment the anointing comes, you become a commander. You become in charge. Captain of your industry. Everything you ever wanted from the visions and dreams that God has given to you, becomes a reality. How many of you want to get anointed today? Lift up your hands. If you want to lift up both hands and shout a little bit. Hallelujah. I want to end by what I started today. The anointing is very, very valuable. It's very, very valuable. Because without it, we are like a car with no fuel. You can have a very powerful engine but if you don't have the engine oil, you'll burn out. That's why so many Christians burn out. So many Christians discouraged, disappointed. Because they, they have a big engine, but no oil. When the anointing is there, everything works. But the anointing is not free. There is a price to pay. There's a price to pay. Many Christians want it free of charge. So they live their whole life without the anointing. So they just become a good Christian, nice Christian. They know, yeah, yeah, it's a Christian thing to do. Yeah, we, we cannot do this, we cannot do that. Yeah, they know all the, the principles. Yeah, 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 you know. They, they, they know all this. So how, how do we help people to become Christian? We try to be so nice that we are nicer than people from other religions so that they will come and accept our religion. That's what they do. That's what most Christians do. No, that's not at the level God wants us to move at precisely because the anointing is of such great price, it is that precious. If it's cheap, who wants it? Because it is so priceless. Everybody wants it. Everybody wishes that they have it. So God's saying, I love you all. I want all of you to have it. But there's a price to pay. Catherine Kuhlman once said this, any of you can have what I have if only you will pay the price. Any of you, any of us can do what she has done and we should and even greater. If only we are willing to pay the price. But the price is not an earthly, worldly price tag. Certainly not money. Certainly not money. You can't use money to buy the anointing. You can use connection to buy the anointing. There must be a deep, deep yearning from within our hearts that causes us to press in to our Heavenly Father because Father God is the anointer. It causes us to want to press in, squeeze God tight, hold on to Him tight. There must be a deep yearning. This yearning deep inside me reaches out to you. The oil of joy 
for morning. Change me, make me new. I will come to your secret place. Bow my knees to your glorious throne. Have your way in my heart, O oh God. Have your way. Yearning, yearning, yearning. Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. That means come and be in touch. You have to be in touch before you get touched. You have to be in touch with God the Father before you get touched by Him. Right? Verse 1, come to the waters and you who have no money, come. Buy and eat. Yes, come. Buy wine and milk without money, and without price. Now, notice God doesn't say, freely take, freely receive. No, we have to buy it. You got to buy it. It is not free. But if the price is not money, what is the price? Three times. Come. You got to come. You got to come. The price is to come by faith. Come. Come. You know, you're so busy listening to your consultant all the time, listening to all your advisors all the time. You're all the time listening to advice of this person. That you're so busy with so many. Why don't you just put all that aside? They are good. Put it aside. Come to God. Come to the Father. One anointing, everything changes that same day. Same day. All your years of frustration, everything's over. You see, you've got to come to the anointer. Come to your heavenly Father. Come to Him in person, not through someone else. Your husband cannot come on your behalf, ladies. Man, your wife cannot come. Oh, my wife, oh, she's very spiritual. She goes to church all the time. Yeah, good for her, but not for you. Yeah. Your children cannot come on your behalf. Your parents cannot come on your behalf. Your cell group leader cannot come on your behalf. Your pastors sitting in the front here cannot come on your behalf. You got to want it. Buy it. Buy and eat. Buy wine and milk. Jesus tells us the parables of the ten virgins. Ten virgins, right? And five of them wise, five of them foolish. So the foolish one, they took the lamb, but no oil. <laughs> took the lamb. It's like buying a a car with a big engine, no engine oil. Buying a big car, no fuel. Coming into the ministry, no anointing. <laughs> foolish, foolish. So this five foolish virgin heard that the Lord is coming. So quickly, quickly, they went to the wise one. They said, oh, please, 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 can you give us some of your oil? We run out, we don't have oil. You know what they said? The wise one Look, look over here, Matthew 25, verse, verse 9. The wise answered saying, No, go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Buy for yourselves. You got to buy for yourself. No one can buy for you. You got to buy it for yourself. You see, every encounter is personal. No encounter can be shared. Even for me and so I can't share an encounter with her. She can't share an encounter with me. Every encounter 
It's individual and it's personal. I can lay hands on 10 people, all equally beloved by God, all equally beloved by me, but they don't all have the same encounter. Every person must determine his or her own encounter. You've got to determine your own encounter. How far are you willing to follow Jesus? All the way. How much love you want to pour and give to God? How much? You, you determine. God loves us all the same. God doesn't love me more than He loves you. We are all beloved by God. But each one of us, we decide how much love we want to give Him. How far we want to follow Him. How much do we want to be a disciple of Christ? How much of God do you want in your life? You decide. And then you determine your encounter. This morning, God wants to do something awesome. This morning, I'm excited because all these amazing things are going to happen to you in one day. What are the amazing things again? Everybody say with me, all right? My leadership will be established. Say, my possession will be recovered. Say, my progress will be compelled. My dignity will be restored. I will attract favor. I will turn to another person. Like Jesus, I will become a sign and a wonder. God will personally, divinely protect me. Everything will happen in one day. If you believe that, give God a big hand. Give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, give Him praise, give Him praise, give Him praise, give Him praise. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.